Yo, it's Lucas, and this is Modern Haunted. back walking and talking actually sitting and talking sitting in the foothills above the salt lake valley right now got the sun shining down on me it's about two hours from setting just hopped on tracks with my bike hopped off at the top of the tracks line biked up to the top of the foothills and feeling like riffing i got a spider that's crawling about a foot to my right. I have two ants on my left calf. Just feeling good up here. Feeling pretty low energy, but feeling good. What's feeling alive for me is, surprise, surprise, humans. I don't know what it is, or even really when it started or where it came from, but humans just interest me people. I was just thinking like, what, what sets us humans apart? The dominant species, the apex predators. How'd we get here? What is unique about us? I remember hearing in high school and, and later on, I don't even know if this is true, but a lot of people are talking about like, oh, it was our ability to harness fire and cook meat, which gave us protein for our brains to grow. Uh, and this allowed us the cerebral capacity to then develop tools, which then allowed us to start to dominate all the other species in the ecosystem? Or was it the fact that we have opposable thumbs, which gave us access to tools, which gave us access to more power and then could manipulate the rest of the natural world? Or what is it? Quote Yuval Noah Harari here, The most recent anthropological data shows that us humans were able to go to the top of the food chain because of our ability to cooperate. He runs us through a little scenario. You go, okay, picture yourself in a room with a lion, one-on-one, one lion, and you in a room. Who's more dominant? Who wins? Well, the lion shreds you to pieces. Okay, picture yourself in a room with 10 lions and 10 people. Okay, Obviously, it depends on how much space there is, but in general, 10 lions are going to dominate the humans. Even up to about 100, you put 100 lions and 100 humans in a room or in a huge space on a football field or even in a, a geographical zone, and the lions are going to dominate. And this phenomena continues up to about 1,000. Once you have a thousand lions or any other species and a thousand humans, it turns out humans start to dominate. The lions turn on one another and turn tribal on one another and end up self-sacrificing and killing themselves and the humans dominate. The reason that humans are at the top of the food chain is our ability to cooperate to all believe in a common shared story and all 1000 of us say, Hey, We all believe and we all do these things. So yeah, we're like, we're related. Let's get together and we can cooperate. Pretty incredible. Us tribal beings have developed this ability to believe in a myth, a shared vision. It's incredible that us humans not only live with 
a thousand other individuals, but literally we are a part of a globalized civilization right now that, yes, has violence, but for the most part, we get along. And this, I think, can be attributed to our ability to believe in a shared story. Whether that's, hey, we over here, we all believe in the story of keeping this farm alive because keeping this farm alive allows us to put food on the table and, okay, or even a shared story such as Islam or Christianity or any of the other religions. It turns out a story good enough, powerful enough to unite millions and millions and millions of people has historically been one of myth, one of, yes, truths, but also there's a little element of hand-wavy, magical, mystical, oh, the writings were in the stones type story, right? I.e. religion. And religion is sweet. It is our shared story, uniting millions and millions of Islams and Jews and Christians and Mormons and all the different religions. This has served us super well up until the information age when internet and technology has allowed us to globalize, to become one interconnected organism. Actually, the interconnected organism that we are. This is really cool. But now it's posing some issues when two people who believe in different gods or in different stories about this mythical god come together. It turns out one of the groups is us and the other is them. And we treat them like a them in forms of oppression and war and other crazy ideological things. We're in need in this global society of a different, a new story, a more modern story, one that unites us all, one that honors the reality that we are all from the same organism, that yes, we are all one. Literally, dating back to 13.8 billion years ago with the Big Bang, the unfolding of the universe, 4.5 billion years ago, our Earth started to form this spinning ball of rock, and then all of a sudden, Shibango, the protozoa at the bottom of the ocean, evolved and moved out of water onto land, all the way up to 200,000 years ago when the first anatomically modern Homo sapiens started walking around, and up to about 12,000 years ago with the agricultural revolution, then once again 500 years ago with the scientific revolution, and once again 150 years ago with the industrial revolution, and once again 25 years ago with the informational and internet revolution. Okay, maybe once again about 10 years ago with the invention of the iPhone, we are all a part of something greater, of something bigger. It doesn't always feel like it. Uh, yeah, I'm off in all woo-woo land again. But it's true, and it's time our story honors that. We're all walking around this world, going to our jobs, hanging out with friends, riding our bikes, driving in our cars, and we're all just kind of searching for meaning. Whether we're explicitly doing it or not, it seems to be a psychological necessity to place ourselves within the bigger picture. When we lose meaning, that's when the fall floors out from underneath us. How should we, how do we place ourselves within the greater picture? What story do we tell ourselves? Yes, the story needs to have some elements of truth. In fact, it should be fully aligned with what science says, I feel like. But 
Science can't capture everything. There is still a dark spot. We don't know what happened before the Big Bang. We cannot say anything for sure. So let's incorporate the truths that science has figured out and also not fully discredit myth and magical, gaudy type stuff. There needs to be a little dark spot, a little something behind the curtain, something to believe in. Maybe that's where faith comes in. But this faith shouldn't turn us against one another. It shouldn't us, them, one another. It should hopefully include all, yes, all homo sapiens, all hominids, and even all living things. Dare I say even non-living things. I don't know what that story is. People smarter than me have some pretty cool ideas of what that story is. But dang, is it fun to talk about. It's fun to try to hash my own story out. I'm curious what my friends' stories are. I'm curious what my family's stories are. I'm curious how we place ourselves in the bigger picture. And can our stories align with the flourishment of humans? There's the old story of capitalism, which doesn't serve us. Alright, here we go. Melon Lewis kid off his rocker and can't hold it. Cow. Before I get too lost, we are just working too much. Is that not like obvious? Is that or why? I don't get how we're just okay with that. I mean, okay, yes, I am okay with it, and I do it, but it takes a toll on me. I just biked up here. I biked up through the University of Utah, watching all the workers about to walk into the university hospital to the primary children's hospital all the nurses doctors this look of solemnness and i get it i feel it when i'm on my bike to work in the morning too this deep breath sigh of here we go you got this you got this you can do this like mustering up this element of compromise and grit and determination just to do another day at work. Now, I might be getting lost in alarmist land here, but I do feel at least the partial truth of that. I see it in some of the coworkers I work with. I feel it in myself. I see it in the look of mundaneness of people walking around town. This is not judgmental. I have it too. It's just simply a noticing. And I don't mean to bag on work. Work is actually awesome. But we need to get in right relationship with work. We need to find balance with work. I feel in the summers when I'm on summer vacation, quote, not working, I can sometimes feel an element of emptiness, of lack of purpose, and that doesn't feel great. On the flip side, working 75 hours a week like I did my first year teaching while I was getting my master's also didn't feel great. I was feeling exhausted and like I didn't have energy to put into my relationships or eat healthy food. There's a balance point and anthropological data points to about 25 hours a week. Statistics are showing that about 25 hours were spent doing quote work back on the old Savannah where we're all from. Gathering sticks, building shelter, hunting, gathering, collecting food, things that we could call work. The rest of those 25 hours a week, playing, grooming, hanging out with one another, being, 
our bodies are still lined with the same hard wiring of those of 200,000 years ago. Our lifestyles have strayed away from that, and I believe it's in ways that is affecting us negatively if what we care about is flourishment. We are working too much. And what is work anyways? We got a plane flying overhead, gonna take a pause for the cause here. Can't be disrupting the audio. You know we got that profesh audio. The old iPhone coming in clutch. I literally have my phone stuffed in my shirt, wrapped up in my helmet to block from the wind as I'm sitting up here. It's called technology and you should probably learn about it. Go to www.learnaboutit.com. Like, comment, subscribe. Share with your friends. But what is work anyways? Is work something we do to go check a box off to receive X amount of dollars per hour so that we can pay the insurance company and pay our bills and pay to live and pay to just get along? The answer is, yeah, I do that. <laughs> or is work providing value to a community? I feel like we've gotten a little twisted. The intentions behind work have been co-opted towards simply getting by rather than what is creating value. I think of all the jobs we can do, there are certain jobs that do provide, quote, more value to a society or community and jobs that provide, quote, less value. And we saw that with COVID, right? All the workers are gone except for the essential workers, the ones doing essential work. And I think we need to think about that. What is essential work? What actually provides value? Maybe we do value our health. Maybe we do value education. We value food and water and those who help us make it and serve it to us at the markets. There are certainly other things, but what is actually creating value? And shouldn't we be paid for the value we create, not how many hours we sit down in a cubicle? Okay, I'm getting lost again, but you get the point. Our story is necessary for meaning. Our story, I hope, should serve us. If your story isn't serving you, there is an entire psychological and therapeutic field out there that is aimed at exactly this, tweaking one's story, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. We have choice in what story we tell ourselves. We can change it. It starts with our actions, though. It seems like, okay, I'll tell myself a new story, and then my actions will change, which maybe there's some element of that, but it's looking like our actions, what we do on the day-to-day, -day, actually has a bigger impact on the tweaking of our story. We then, post facto, go back and justify our actions with a new story. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's a positive feedback loop. Nonetheless, we have choice in our story choice in how we see ourselves, choice in how we carry ourselves, choice in whether we're going to be complicit to this system that has stopped serving us. I'm not saying we go quit our jobs, but God, do we got to talk about it? Who knows what's going to even happen? I'm looking over the Salt Lake Valley right now, not sure if it's air pollution from the traffic or if I'm looking at dust from the Great Salt Lake being picked up and sprinkling arsenic on the town. Climate change, AI, and nuclear warfare are here. <laughs> Again, I'm in alarmist land, but 
we might be coming close to changing times. It could be in five years from now, could be in 500 years from now, but close is relative. And I'm talking close in the universal timeline of the universe timescale here. There is a metaphor out there of the Titanic sinking, hitting the iceberg, and there's the orchestra and the upper-class citizens on the top floor who keep playing and sharing their cocktails and talking about how nice each other's suits are with no clue that the people down bottom are shoveling water outside the windows. I don't know that that is the case. I feel like it is. That's my assertion. I hope y'all push back on it. Call me out. But let's initiate a conversation about it. We can be proactive about this or we can be reactionary. Or we can just do nothing about it and acknowledge that talking about it is just fun. Bring some liveliness about in me. Yeah, all right. I think we're about done here. Thank y'all for listening. Appreciate it. Enjoy the day. Share it if it resonated. Initiate the convo, and here's to living in alignment with the modern hominids that we are. 